This episode of the Gentleman's Golf Law Podcast is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash gentsgolflaw to help produce the show. You are listening to the Gentleman's Golf Law Podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way Well, I still got time to save my reputation. afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and a renaissance man. Welcome to the 2020 fall season of the podcast. Co-hosting with me, as per usual, is the Don, Donovan Fowler. And I should say, my name is Jordan. Jordan Crowder, otherwise known as Yukon Jordelius. How you doing? <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. I was like, that is... Perfect. Yeah. That is I needed so, a, uh, I didn't have a you got the Don. I needed a podcast handle. I didn't have one. You know what? It fits. If the shoe fits, uh wear it out of the store. That's exactly. what I say. Wear it out of the store and don't pay for it. Uh let's start yeah. off with a little bit of housekeeping. Uh what, what do you got there, uh the Don? All right, you know what this sound is? Uh-oh. It's the sound of the weekend. Sound of the weekend just starting here. That is the sound of the weekend. A simpler weekend. Oh, yes, good sir. old standby classic. Um, oh yeah. Here I've got uh, I got a little something for my birthday. Happy happy belated birthday, by the way. Both of our birthdays oh, yeah. were last month. I've got some uh, Evan Williams single barrel yo. vintage. Dude, uh, you know I was looking at that the other day in the store. That's uh, you'll have to let me know how it is. What's the what what's the percentage on that bad boy? Uh, the percentage is, uh, it says it's 86 proof, 86.6, so 43.3. Nice. Um, that seems like an odd proof. I've never seen that before. I think that might be, you know, honestly, actually, I think that might actually be the proof of the, uh, of, of regular Evan Williams. Really? Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's not 40. It's not 50. It's, it's somewhere in between, but, uh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess that makes sense if it's, you know, a single, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And I've got in my uh, corn cob uh, Dagner poker cob, courtesy of aristocob.com. Go ahead and get your own corn cob pipe from there if you're looking for one. I've got some Briar Shop custom blend called the Virgin Cherry that was made specifically for um our inspired <laughs> by our podcast uh, over at the Briar Shop inspired by Tanner Tobacconist there. Mind. Yes. My sick mind. I actually, you know what? I'm doing the same thing oh, here. Oh, there we go. I'm, I'm actually I'm 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 almost um I still got a third or so there. Oh no, but we got to get you some more of that. Dude, this stuff is just uh it's it's awesome. It's it is really good. It, it's not offensively every- cherry. And it's, no. it's, 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 it's like the perfect amount. You know what the smell reminds me of? Every time I uh, open up my tobacco pouch, it reminds me of uh, like cocoa pebbles, mm. which, which I is get that. for me, very, very good. Like I like chocolate cereals when I was a kid, that was like, you woke up early so that you could get to the chocolate cereals before everybody else. Otherwise you were stuck Sp- with the uh, Cheerios. Spoken like a man from a big Irish Catholic family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Trust me, there's nothing worse than waking up at eleven o'clock on a Saturday morning, coming down, 
and finding that somebody has put the uh, Count Chocula back in the cupboard, but it's only got dust in it. It's almost like they're taunting you. It's like yeah, uh, that's it's, offensive. It's a sick joke. That's really yeah, offensive. Just, that's that's an affront. That's that that was done on purpose. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me start by at the top of this hour thanking a new right. patron. His name is Josiah Uttermolen. Hopefully, I said your name right. If I didn't, let me know and I'll send you another <laughs> another free <laughs> sticker. Uh, he joined at the gentleman level on Patreon. So thank you, Josiah. And uh, if you want to join us uh, and help support the show for as little as a dollar a month, come on, you could afford a dollar a month. You'd probably pay more for that in uh, stamps, right? Yeah. I guess exactly. fifty-five yeah. cents to send a letter. Definitely worth it. Definitely you send worth it. Two sticker. letters. Yeah, you get the you get the sticker and uh, and some yeah. little extras and stuff we're posting up there. Some stuff that goes up early. Um, also, other patrons that joined recently, um, and even some from the past, uh, we just sent out some welcome letters and some thank you letters uh, to all of you that'll be actually being dropped. In the mail, after the recording of this episode, they're all in a neat pile over there by the door, ready to go. So um, go ahead and... Oh, well, it looks like we lost Donovan for a sec. I'll let him reconnect. Um, Donovan has a little little bit of an announcement here. Uh, things have changed a little since our summer season. Uh, Donovan, uh, what's, uh, what's going on in your world? Uh, wait, you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can, I can hear you. I, oh, okay. I, I said that you disconnected, but did still did the introduction knowing that you'd be back. <laughs> Thank you. I heard the whole but thing. But then you so interrupted what... the flow by asking if I could hear you and it happened. wasn't as elegant I was, as I had hoped it would be. I was just trying to be courteous and I screwed <laughs> everything up. Um... Anyways, my, uh, I guess the update lately is, uh, so I actually, (laughs) such a weird thing to just say this. Um, I'm in law school right now. Uh, I woke up one morning and I thought, I think I'll go to law school today to quote. You're just like, yeah, yeah. The (laughs) best actually. No, I will say watched a lot of movies about lawyers in my lead up, you know, cause you know, I had to research and, uh, I'd say uh, my cousin Vinny still stands maybe, yeah. maybe up there with the verdict, you know, yeah. Paul Newman. I, I think he'd be, uh, I, I think he'd be actually a good guest on this show. If we, uh, if we could have that character from that movie, but yeah, obviously my cousin Vinny is a classic. Yes. I decided actually it's funny uh, thinking back to it. What kind of started me on this road was, I mean, you kind of knew about this back uh, like a, maybe a month shy of a year ago. I was, uh, kind of looking to broaden my, you know, broaden my, uh, studies of things. And I decided to take the LSAT. My little sister has been, or had been in law school for a while. And, uh, I listened to her talk about it and I was pretty interested. My dad's a lawyer and uncles are lawyers. So I've always had that legal side of things in my family. And, uh, anyways, I don't know, man, I just decided to go for it. I kind of like, you know, haphazardly took the LSAT, ended up passing by some miracle. And then, uh, during the whole shutdown thing, it just all kind of fell into place. I, you know, I had some time and, you know, applied and basically, uh, got into good old UMKC. So I am, uh, yeah, I'm back in Kansas city right now and I am, uh, taking on my, my law studies. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. I know we were talking about Thanks, that 
offline. I remember uh, talking out in the parking lot, smoking some stogies uh, during the Conor McGregor fight uh, earlier this year. You were talking about about possibly yeah. going that route. <laughs> I remember, you know, it's funny. I actually, that's like one of the memories that I have cemented in my brain of like, uh, of my time in LA. I mean, obviously I have a bunch because I was there <laughs> for like 12 years, but I, uh, I remember us standing on the street corner. We couldn't get into, we either couldn't get it. No, we, we went to get into the Conor McGregor fight and the, 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 uh, cover was way too much. Yeah. And we were like, you know what? Like, I got a flask. We got our cigars. Let's just stand out. And then it was, you know, we were better off because he ended up like what? He ended up like beating the guy in like 15 seconds. So <laughs> yeah. it was a total waste of money. But uh, yeah, we were standing on the street corner and talking about life. And, and you had the giant Americana sign, you know, flashing in the background. It was a good time. I yeah. like that was, that was fun. I also remember there was like some sort of Armenian ball or prom or something going on. <laughs> Yeah, like... they were like a bunch of yeah, like a bunch of it was like a quinceanera for Armenians. I don't know exactly what that uh what that entails. Uh but yeah, that was that was I mean, hell, it's Glendale, man. <laughs> Glendale. <laughs> Part for the course. People that don't know Glendale live in other parts of the country. It's got the highest concentration of an Armenian population than anywhere else outside so, of Armenia in the world. So much yeah. So much so that uh Azar Azerbaijan Azerbaijan is currently trying to bomb Glendale specifically for that reason. What? Well, you know, like Armenia and Azerbaijan yeah. are like at war right now. <laughs> oh, geez. I picked the perfect place to live during yeah, a they're, pandemic they're gonna, and election they're, they're year. Send uh, cruise missiles over Glendale. <laughs> um, all right. Well, later on on the show, we're going to have a, our returning guest and good friend of ours, uh, Vince Michelli, uh, also a fellow... Uh, a cigar smoker, uh, has a really nice humidor, and director of the new movie, Faith-Based, uh, that's out today on demand. So you'll be able to rent that right after we talk to him. Um, I don't know if you saw this in the news. It's been a pretty funny week in, in news here, Donovan. Um, but uh, did you see this Wendy Williams, a talk show host, her clip about talking about uh, coronavirus? I did see this. This is uh, here. Let me pull it up here. Um, we can this play is, a clip for us. Uh, you know, I I I always got Wendy Williams confused with uh, Sonny Hostin Hostin from The View. Uh, and uh, I don't know, you can call me racist for that, but uh, basically, I I didn't I never knew who Wendy Williams was, but I all I've seen of her are really embarrassing clips, like um, the unfortunate one where she. Uh, you know, passes out midway through her uh, Halloween episode or something. Anyways, she's had a bad track record uh, as far as getting uh, getting on uh, YouTube. But here we go with this uh, this little gem of uh, of a moment from her show. Trump, don't be afraid of Cronova. Don't let it dominate your life. Sir, are you serious? We are here, out in the field. We are frightened of Cornova. Oh, you got it, so we can get it. Oh, over, man. Uh, more people than I could say dead. 
I I want to see I want to see what the masks that that's it right I mean, yeah that's, well that's she's, like, she throughout this whole episode refers to coronavirus as cornova. I mean, here's the thing we've had I mean this thing is I mean thing this uh, the virus has been around for half a year how on earth does uh does somebody not know how to pronounce well, it also I, you have you have an instant out you you have the like the most recognizable nickname ever covid yeah you know you only have to add the 19 um <laughs> i want to see what people's masks say at well, the it's thing. really it's really funny because it's like at f- the first one you could excuse as oh it was just a you know a flub uh like flub, like yeah. we flub many things on the podcast yeah. but she proceeds to like call it that throughout the entire show she yeah. thinks it's called cornova <laughs> yeah by the way we don't flub anything on this podcast never perfect, never so never don't, don't leave the viewers on like that <laughs> there is another thing i saw in this news sort of related to coronavirus we don't always just do coronavirus news but that's just what what are you laughing at? I, i'm sorry i just pulled up the because i i noticed they kept cutting to the audience and people yeah. were socially distant so it looked really awkward to begin with <laughs> but i just cut to one of the uh cutaways of the audience and the mask that this guy is wearing it just says how you doing <laughs> It's like, how are you doing? I don't know, man. I, I'm not a fan of uh, people who put, uh, I don't, I don't, listen, uh, it's enough that I have to look at your face. I don't want to have to read as well. I, I do <laughs> don't have to read your face too. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Another thing I saw that was pretty funny in the, in the internet this week is uh, a man basically pre-recorded himself um, in video meetings for a week and nobody knew. <laughs> He basically he basically recorded a bunch of clips that were looped and uh, some basic like responses, and uh, he would like basically be sitting there, you know, doing his work, whatever, as the internet as the meetings go in the background. Uh, And if he was addressed, he would like kind of like we do with our podcast, where you pull up a clip, you could just hit the clip. Almost like Max Headroom yeah, or something, right. and he, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. would respond. And because it's on Zoom, there's always delays and glitches. Nobody thought anything of it. Nobody right. figured Any it out. Frame jump would look natural on Zoom, which is <laughs> part for the course. That's interesting. I mean, <laughs> that's. I guess it's it takes a certain kind of person because you'd still have to sit there for the meeting, right? Yeah. Yeah, you would so be but, doing other stuff, but I, I like I couldn't concentrate with that. I'd almost be better off just sitting through just the meeting. Sitting through it, yeah. I, I guess I don't know. That's that's interesting. <laughs> I think he was just trying to prove that he could do it, but it's like there are some meetings where you know I've sat through and I like yeah. was completely pointless for me being there, and even meetings in person, like in the past uh, with oh, yeah. jobs that I've had, where I'm like, why am I here? I could be working on the other. St- mound of stuff i have to do right now for this job i think there are there are studies that that pretty much prove that meetings can be or most meetings a majority of meetings are a a massive waste of time and right now i'm just imagining on the other side of that meeting was dennis hopper in speed and he realizes that it's looped and he, he just starts to go nuts and he blows up the bus. Oh, man. Anybody gets that reference. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, – well, you know, points for being uh, 
you know, ingenuitive or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you can watch the video. We'll link again to a Wendy Williams video and this guy's video in yeah. uh, the show notes. Um, maybe I might just pull this off on you. I might try and do an entire podcast where you don't even know that I'm all pre recorded and we'll that see how be, that yeah. goes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, uh, you know, that, that would be interesting. Just, just, you know, we'll, we'll just precursor, precursor. <laughs> We'll just, uh, what's the matter, well, I, Wendy I, Williams? I, oh my gosh, I'm totally pulling a Wendy Williams. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's, you know what? I, I, I have no excuse. I, what, what word was I even looking for? Was it, uh, you're, 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 you're speaking law speak, using fancy words like what, precursor. No, like, this is like, this is, but it, it, that's not even the word I was looking for. I don't even know what I was, <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, We'll introduce it as uh, you've you've had a little bit too much drink and yeah. you're, you know, you're little, just passed out. A little out. too much simpler times. Uh, yeah. Another little thing I found this so week um, is man arrested for camping at abandoned Disney World Island. Uh, so we have this man had a little bushcraft yeah. camp, I guess, yes. over in, in Orange <laughs> County. Old, good old Orange County, Florida. Is that which? Yeah, uh, Disney World, and it's it's weird because Disneyland is, is in weird? Orange County, California, right? Uh, it's in Anaheim, but isn't but, that Orange County, or is that in no, LA it's a different, County? Different thing, but it, it is Southern. I mean, it's it's South, like in okay. that area. General, it's I guess Orange County adjacent, but um, it's weird because Florida does have a couple different, like Orange County, Hollywood, like yeah. there's Hollywood, Florida. My grandmother lived I, in Hollywood, Florida. I mean, that was always early on in my uh, L.A. experience. I always got confused because I would look up like weather in Hollywood. And uh, I didn't realize that Hollywood isn't really a city. It's a neighborhood. Yeah. So like it's like, you know, I lived in Hollywood for what, like eight years. And like I, I it was just Los Angeles. Uh, but then you have like West Hollywood, which actually is a city. But yes, this uh, this case of this man camping. I mean, I thought about it. I remember going to Disneyland and, and thinking, gosh, what if I just like hid out here? Like, would anybody catch me? Like if I just hid out in the tunnels on the Tom yeah. Sawyer Island or whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's what, what I found interesting was like, I thought this island was still in operation, but I guess it's abandoned. I guess they stopped. Uh, they stopped using it. So yeah. that's. Yeah, I mean, if you're not hurting anybody, why, why not? I mean, have you, yeah. there's this, well, there's this one guy, uh, that actually, uh, uh, Johnny boy turned, turned me on to online. His name's uh, Steve Wallace. And he just does these videos where he goes and randomly stealth camps in different areas where you think you'd never get away camping. Um, yeah. and he's not a homeless guy or anything. It's just like a hobby of his. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like this, these guys would be kindred spirits. I mean, here's the only thing that I far be it for me to defend the, this Mickey Mouse who has become a, <laughs> you know, a, a massive in <laughs> a massive titan of industry. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's a huge corporation. So I'm not going to I'm not going to do a whole lot to defend Disney here. <laughs> but I will say the precedent is probably correct because you did. Anybody who's camping out on your property typically is not necessarily, I'd say a majority of the time is not going to be the kind of person that you want on your property. <laughs> so like you, you just, you just don't know, you know, I mean, they could be totally crazy. And then, you know, you, you could have an adverse possession kind of thing coming. That's my legal studies coming into play here. But uh, actually the funny thing is I read about it. I read it. I read when it said he, he tried to claim ignorance of trespassing. 
yeah. which we've been studying trespassing and torts and, and property law. And uh, I guess the one thing about trespassing is I don't think you can, I don't think you can claim mistake of fact uh, with trespassing. And they did hit him with it, you know, because there were signs. Yeah. So there's only, you know, there's only so much you can kind of claim ignorance on. Don't take that. Don't take my word on that because I'm not a practice <laughs> disclaimer. I'm not a practicing lawyer and I will get in trouble if I try to advise anybody <laughs> like seriously, like they will like take away, like they'll kick me out of school if I try to advise anybody. <laughs> so, so we got to start, start every podcast now with a disclaimer we, that we the Don is not should. a real lawyer. This yeah, is not <laughs> real we'll legal just, advice. Just Chiron me, not a real lawyer. Like, okay. you know, whenever I, whenever I start going into, you know, legal studies and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully this guy isn't listening, but, uh, <laughs> basically, and if he is, he already knows what he did. Yeah, he did. Anyways, he that's, uh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that, but it sounds like he had a good time. Yeah. He said it was a, like a paradise. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably really clean and there's probably some nice bathrooms there. Nicer than uh, most campground vaulted toilets. I would assume. I also read. I also read that there were some uh, animals on the island. Like it was like a zoo. Oh, so he was, had his own like little alone situation where he could yeah, have like hunted Adam. the uh, the uh, the animals and uh, lived off yeah. the, lived off he the just, Disneyland. He was just waiting for Eve to show up. He was, yeah. you know, he's just like waiting for some uh, whammon to show up. <laughs> but I, uh, it, it is interesting because it was saying mostly it was like birds and like some other harmless species but i i just in my mind i immediately jumped to like what if they had had um those uh komodo dragons like what <laughs> was like that's the beginning of like a sci-fi horror yeah. movie like sci-fi channel horror movies like some guys like oh this is like a paradise i'm gonna camp here and then yeah. all of a sudden he gets dragged out of his tent by a komodo dragon well it's florida he could be dragged out by uh, a gator or some giant gator. spider or something i mean honestly that that <laughs> probably is a, a legitimate i mean those gators do hang out around uh disney world and i i i would be worried if i were him i mean i i would not be super you know confident in uh camping out there but have you ever seen that show dual survival on uh i don't know if it's history channel or discovery where it's like no. these two survivalists get put and dropped in some random situation and uh, one of them is dave canterbury who i'd love to have on the show if for some reason out in the ether you're listening uh we please come on uh he's the author of bushcraft 101 uh which i'm learning a little bit of bushcraft we're gonna do a little bushcraft camping episode uh, in the coming Thanks. months um but uh he uh in this other guy uh, cody mundine or something i can't remember his last name they get they they get put in these situations and like it might be a swamp or like like maybe your parachute dropped in a desert or maybe you're you know whatever yeah. it is there's all these different situations and you only have a certain set of things you got to survive from there's this one episode where like Dave Canterbury like literally kills a crocodile and then like is 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 uh you know field dressing it and dragging it back to their camp nice. and like eating crocodile over over the over the fire. It's crazy. It's supposed to be supposed to be pretty good stuff. I, yeah. I hear I hear those uh those crocs are well actually I, I guess mostly alligators is what I hear are good eating. But yeah. crocs well, maybe it was an alligator. I don't I can never remember the difference. Where where was he? I think it was somewhere in in Louisiana. In swamplands, yeah, you know, you never know. I mean, I I actually heard uh, there's in uh, the Everglades in the Florida Ever Everglades, because so many of those. If you've ever traveled through the South, 
you you see all these weird farms where they have uh, alligator farms and stuff like that yeah. and part of their attraction is they'll have exotic species and i heard that uh somebody had released uh, nile crocodiles or something like that like crocodiles from the nile into the everglades and the florida florida has a shoot on site like like wow. basically like destroy these things as fast as you can because they're super dangerous and anyways who knows <laughs> who knows if it's true but also pythons i guess are out in the everglades oh, yeah, so yeah stuff. florida men uh you know florida men have the propensity to to do that stuff yeah. you know so they are definitely their own breed um all right, we're going to take a quick break uh, and be back with the director of uh, Faith-Based, Vince Michelli, um, but want to direct you over to the Gentleman's Scoff Law website. Uh, go ahead and uh, and hit the contact button. Send us some listener mail. You can also leave us an, uh, a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts, and, uh, and uh, we'll read it on the show. Um, if it's good, if it's bad, too, we'll also read it. Bad ones are also funny. We so love we'll do that ones. too. And uh, all right, we'll take a quick break and be back with Vince Michelli. Hello, gentlemen, scofflaws. Thanks so much for being a loyal listener of the show. And your feedback and support is really what keeps us going. It means a lot to us. So sincerely, thank you again. Now, if you're a fan of the show and you want to take your support to the next level, why not support the show on Patreon? We offer all sorts of extras on there like outtakes, extended interviews, a bonus movie podcast, and behind-the-scenes content. Better yet, we have options that start as little as a dollar a month. You pay more for that at a parking meter to go in and grab a cup of coffee at Starbucks. See what I did there? If you're interested in helping support the show, please check out patreon.com slash gentscofflaw or click the support link on the website. Again, that's patreon.com slash gentscofflaw. We look forward to having you as part of our team. The only thing standing between you and your dreams is you and your dreams. Lord, Father God, we give thanks and praise for all of these wonderful gifts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And look, his work in pool sanitation, Lord, it is really something else. <laughs> Tanner, it's time for us to do something with our lives. Time to go to church. The attendance of the church has been slowly declining. We need 75 grand just to make the rest of the years right. Okay. I got an idea. Faith-based. The entire genre is a goldmine. I want to make the best Christian movie Jesus has ever seen. It's time to show my dad what we can do. Dude, it seems like a lot of work. Nikki Steele says... You work hard, you play hard. You work harder, you play harder. You work hardest, you play rock hard. I'm in. For these movies to make money, you need some keywords in the title. Purpose, faith, prayer. Heaven. You know, Thoughts and Prayers, the movie. Prayer and Prejudice. Faith and Furious. <laughs> a prayer in space. The first prayer ever to be prayed in space. You gotta talk about God. Doesn't have to be God, God. You can talk about a higher power. So then it's like... <laughs> the spaceship lands perfectly on Mars. Action space monster! What the 18 double hockey sticks is this? Why do all these Christian movies have to be bad? They don't have to be bad. They just don't have to be good. Lord! 
Christian movies are a great way to impact the world. And they're also very lucrative. What do you two even know about making a movie? All right, that was the trailer for the new film uh, from our uh, our guest today, uh, director, filmmaker, uh, Vince Michelli, the director of Faith Based. Thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely, Jordan. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited to do this. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, you guys uh, have heard him uh, a couple Octobers ago when we talked about his previous film, Fear, Inc., and we'll link that in the in the show notes if you want to go uh, find out more about that. Um, but yeah, man, I watched the movie last night with Lacey, and uh, we just loved it. We thought it was hilarious, and we were just laughing the whole way through. So um, <laughs> definitely, definitely a great job on it. So um, yeah, I want to- Thank you. Uh, I want to uh, kind of find out, like, how, what gave you the idea for this movie? I mean, I know that you—it's you, it, no secret you and I are, are you know, are both cr- quote-unquote Christians, uh, so we come from this world. Um, it's kind of, in a way, sort of our tribe. So I'd love you to set it up and let me know where you got the idea for this movie and how it came about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks thanks for watching it. I'm glad you, you guys got a kick out of it. Yeah, I mean, this this originated— um, a couple years back. So you mentioned fear Inc. So fear yeah. Inc was our, our first film that I directed and my partner Luke wrote and, um, the other star of faith based Tanner Thomason was a producer on. And, um, so we made, this was our first feature. It was a horror comedy, uh, gotten to Tribeca. It did really well for us. And we, our expectations were great. We're going to go sell a TV show or we're going to get a movie financed. And, you know, we took a lot of meetings and it was super exciting, but none of those things ever turned out to, you know, and turned into anything big. Like we sold a show and it never got on the air and, you know, we weren't getting paid the big bucks that we thought we were. So at one point, walking out of one of these meetings, my partner Luke turns to me and he says, you know, we should just make a faith-based movie and cast Kevin Sorbo or, you know, one of those A-list or B-list actors in the movie and and take all the money from that and then we can fund our own projects. And he said it as a joke and we laughed and then we thought, you know, that's actually a funny idea for, for a show. We originally developed it as a as a show. And so we kind of outlined what the first season was and then we set that aside. And then about a year and a half ago, we were itching to go make something. And we were like, what do we have that we can go make with our friends and faith based? The TV show was the only idea we had that we're like, I think we could do this pretty cheaply. Uh, you know, and the initial idea was like, let's go shoot on our phones and grab our friends. And, um, so we took, season one and developed it into a 90 minute feature. And that started in January of 2019. And we were shooting by end of April, 2019. It was crazy. Wow. That's awesome. And it's funny. I feel like a lot of, a lot of filmmakers have had this conversation because I remember even back in college when fireproof came out, um, my, I had a professor, his name's John Pearson. He's, he's a, he's written a book called Spike, Mike, Slackers and Dykes. He was a producer's rep for like Kevin Smith and Michael Moore and uh, Richard Linklater, all these guys. And he oh, came, wow. he came in the class, uh, the morning after, 
the weekend of uh, or the weekend after Fireproof came out, and that was the one thing is we'd always kind of analyze what came out over the weekend, what the box office was, and he's like, seriously, all of you guys should go make Christian movies. He's like. They they made X million dollars or whatever, and uh, they didn't pay anybody to make it, and it was complete profit. Yeah. He's like, just give up right now on on whatever you know zombie movie or whatever you got going on, and go make a Christian fireman movie. It's true, man. <laughs> it's like the business model for these movies. It's really anything Christian, because because Luke, you know, who wrote the movie and stars in the movie, grew up in. Uh, you know, on the East Coast in the in the Christian, you know, bubble, as you as you might call it. Yeah. And, you know, grew up with a lot of friends that played in bands, secular bands that weren't doing very well. And they decided at some point, a few of these bands decided at some point, why don't we just become a Christian band, change the lyrics of some of our songs? And they went bonkers. They went crazy <laughs> successful. And it's like that's the whole the, the whole reason why we thought this movie was interesting was because the business behind anything tied to Christianity can be insanely lucrative and it doesn't have to be good. Usually it's not. Um, and people will show up in droves to like to, to support this stuff. And we even say it in the movie, it's like, you know, Luke's dad is, is a pastor. And, and so he, you know, he took some of those real life experiences and, and put it into the script and you know his dad will will go and rent anything that has Jesus in the title or is talking about Christians their churches will rent buses and will you know ship off their congregations to go watch these movies so the whole idea was just like how for us it was hilarious like we're trying to make you know quote unquote legitimate projects and the joke is like well we'd probably be way better off if we just made a 50 days movie <laughs> that's funny it's like the i i read an article once and it was actually by a guy who's made a bunch of quote-unquote faith-based movies he had an article called why christian movies are so bad and um he, mm, oh, I read that. have you read that yeah and and like he it's funny yeah. like he likened it to like because it's like the only movie uh or the genre where like the message is the medium and everything else gets thrown out of the window like there's like in terms of technical quality acting story all that stuff right. like that doesn't matter the message is is what the focus is and he, he even like he likened it to like the porn industry where it's like nothing else <laughs> matters but you know the end goal i guess it serves <laughs> it serves one very specific purpose and everything else you <laughs> yeah, can throw out the exactly, window <laughs> exactly which is just so funny it's but, crazy. So when you were um, working on uh, pre-production on this and or, or working on the on the pilots for what was originally the show, you must have had to watch a lot of bad Christian movies. I'm just assuming you have. Is there? Is it? Did you go through that that process? Or <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, when we were first talking about the TV show, you know, we had seen and come across and heard of a bunch of faith-based movies and knew about you know, Kirk Cameron and Kevin Sorbo and Dean Kane and all these actors that kind of went from pretty big success doing secular content to all of a sudden, like this is their career now. Um, and so one of the things we did early, early on, there's this company called pure Flix, which is basically the Netflix for faith-based movies. Yeah. And we just went on pure Flix and watched, I don't know, a hundred trailers 
Like we could, didn't sit and watch all the movies, but like you go through the list and you watch these trailers and it's just like, it's unbelievable how awful some of these movies look. And then before we started shooting, I binged a bunch of faith-based movies and I just kind of did uh, several in a row. Like I went back, you know, did Fireproof and War Room and God's Not Dead and started watching all those movies. And, you know, it was enough for me to be very confident in what, in what, you know, comments we were making in the script and going, yeah. okay, yeah, these are the rules of a faith-based movie yeah. and let's, you know, let's kind of run and go with it, you know? Gosh, that's, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a formula to it. Um, is there anything that you think out of those movies, is there anyone in particular that stood out as particularly bad or particularly good? Like, do you have like a top best and top worst? <laughs> Um, one of the movies that, uh, I came across is a movie called believe me, um, which is this, this director will, uh, I think his last name is Backy. Uh, and in the process of like making faith base, I actually got in contact with the director of that movie. Um, cause it was one, one of those that stood out as like a faith based movie that was trying to cross the boundaries into the secular world. And the whole concept is this group of guys at a college uh, realize that starting a fake charity is insanely lucrative. And so it starts small and the thing blows up and they're like touring with this like nonprofit organization and they they've got this worship band that's playing every time. And, and the main guy goes out and does these big speeches. And at the end of the day, they're like skimming all this money off the top of the movie, but it's still, it's a faith based movie. It's very well done and like, you know, high quality. And I think the director was trying to like make a statement of like faith based movies don't have to like, this is kind of a normal story. Whereas, you know, most faith based movies are pretty trying to beat you over the head with religion. Yeah. Um, so that one was, that one was good, you know, and at the end it still is like the, the, the main guy you know, becomes Christian. So it is very much a faith based movie. Um, one of the ones that like, you know, I, I just laughed out loud. It was so bad to me was war room. That one, like it had a decent enough premise. It's like, you know, I watched fireproof, which was like the very low budget first sort of foray into let's have a, you know, star from the nineties, you know, Kirk Cameron playing this movie and production value is not great. And the script is not great. And, but it did really well. And then War Room is like, okay, they spent more money and they had nicer sets and nicer locations and a bigger cast and better production value. But the whole concept of that movie is this this lady uh, thinks her husband's cheating on her. So she's she's advised to build a war room in her closet in her house, which is basically just a, a place to go and pray. And so there's this amazing scene where she's like rips all of the clothes out of her walk-in closet and like puts a Bible in there. And, you know, I think she puts up a picture of Jesus or something and like go and goes in there and prays for her husband. Right. And so the, the scene that's like laugh out loud, awful was, you know, she goes in this room and starts praying while her husband's out on a date with another woman. Right. And she goes in there up until this point in the movie, she hasn't confronted her husband. There's no like going to therapy. There's no like conversations. She just goes in this room to pray. 
So she goes in there and starts praying while he's out at dinner with this girl. And all of a sudden, magically in the middle of dinner, when when they're paying the check and she's like, do you want to co- go home? He's like, uh, I'm actually having second thoughts. And it's like, come on. <laughs> it's just so bad that it's like it's deducing the power of prayer into this like magic spell. Yeah. And that's the that's the stuff that like yeah. really got me, you know, as a Christian, it's like I don't you know, I definitely believe in the power of prayer and I believe in a lot of the things that these movies are talking about, but the way they go about doing it and, and really simplifying complicated issues into, into, you know, simple solutions is just not, that's not reality. Yeah, for sure. I just remember, I never saw that movie, but I remember hearing the ads on the radio and I just remember hearing the old lady like, it's my prayer room. My war room. <laughs> it's just like loud. <laughs> it's really bad. It seemed really like it was bad. a parody. Um, so yeah. when, when you uh, were working on this movie, before it even came out, you or you even started working on it, you had a little bit of controversy. I'd love, love for you to set that up. Tell me about that a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. The first it was this was the first day of shooting back in 2019. We had um, uh, an announcement go out in the Hollywood Reporter just announcing that we were doing this movie. Um, and then a couple hours later, Fox News somehow found that Hollywood Report ar- Reporter article and bashed, you know, these Hollywood hacks, they said, you know, are making fun of Christians again. And then Breitbart picked that up and had an even crazier article. And you can imagine the comment threads in those articles. Clearly they're just like trying to do clickbaity headlines because they knew nothing about the movie. They knew nothing about us. We were still, this was our first day of filming. So they obviously hadn't seen the movie. <laughs> obviously. And it was like, yeah. And it was at first it was like a shock. And then immediately we were very pleased with the fact that, <laughs> Fox News and Breitbart were coming after us for something that they knew nothing about. Um, and the comment thread was was crazy and people were getting all up in arms about it. And we're like, you know what? You just gave our movie a lot of notoriety when you're sitting there making fun of it. So <laughs> yeah. it just says a lot about the day we like the age we live in where it's like people are just could be up in arms about something they haven't seen, don't know anything about, <laughs> not even finished yet. <laughs> they did. They didn't like relevant magazine picked it up too. And we did like, we wrote back to, to relevant and said, you know, we'd love to like, you know, you guys are talking about this. We'd love to sort of give our comments on it. Cause what we think is crazy is we Fox never reached out to us to talk to us. They don't know the director of the film is a Christian. They're like completely (laughs) throwing us under the bus. They have no idea what they're talking about, but ultimately it was a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's the best kind of press you can get for a comedy. (laughs) The 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 best part about that was, you know, these comments are, are pretty vicious and pretty vile. There are some that are really hilarious. And so when our film got into the Santa Barbara International Film Festival back in January, we wanted to release a piece of content for the movie. And because the movie wasn't being released wide yet, we wanted to make sure like, okay, any sort of trailer we can't do until the movie comes out. So what can we release? Well, we cut together this uh, video of Luke and Tanner, the stars of the movie, basically just reading the comments from the Fox news and Breitbart articles out loud. And the hilarious thing about that is we released that and 
what we hoped was going to happen was they were going to write about it again. And they did. Breitbart <laughs> picked up that story. And in their article, they straight up said, yes, we took the bait. <laughs> we took it. We're writing about this. <laughs> and it was, it was just so amazing. Gosh. They need it's content. So That's the thing. Is it's, it just needs to be a constant yeah. feedback loop. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise they don't have any readers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But like, uh, like watching the movie and stuff, like, I feel like anybody who watches it could see that like it's, it's definitely in jest. Like it's, I think one of the problems with Christians is like, we have this idea where we're not supposed to be critical of ourselves. Like the world is critical enough of us. Like, why should we criticize ourselves? And then, you know, nothing changes on our end of things. Um, but the, the film is obviously come, you could tell it comes from a place of, of love and jest, like the pr- people that made it know what's going on. And it's not like, it's not mean spirited anyway. I don't feel, and I feel like all the characters are, are still likable in some way. It's like, it doesn't, it's, they're not like charactery in terms of these really, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, like sometimes in a Hollywood movie where it comes from somebody who's maybe not a Christian, the, the perspective could just kind of make them look stupid or whatever. But I didn't feel that with this movie at all. It felt like it was like, oh, OK, it's everyone here in this is likable, too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I mean, we never wanted to for sure never wanted to go into this making fun of Christians or yeah. any religion, really. Yeah. Um, that was not something we, we ever wanted to do. And we didn't really, you know, I think the biggest thing we're sort of commenting on is just the commerce aspect of yeah. Christianity um, and specifically the faith-based film market. And even that is like kind of a backdrop to what the real story in is in faith-based, which is just a story about, you know, two best friends that are trying to find purpose in their life. And so in that sense, yeah, it's not scathing. It's not really making fun of anybody. And to your point, it's like we make, if we pull a few punches and, and make some jokes about, you know, the church environment of, you know, these hip Christians and, you know, we go to a a church that, we're sort of making fun of and it's like and it, it's cool but it's also like why can't we make a joke about the fact that every one of these churches spends so much time and effort and money talking about how amazing their coffee is it's like <laughs> why can't we do that yeah. you know it's like I, is that why everyone's showing up because they want really good coffee or you know how many tattoos the worship leader has or you know it's just like that stuff should be fair game and yeah. if you can't laugh about that i think there's something yeah something wrong yeah, definitely. I, I loved the, I mean, there's a worship song in this, in the movie that is just, just hysterical. Um, I don't know if it's available anywhere for download, but it's, it's so funny. Um, that, I mean, who, I mean, who wrote that song? How did that, that, that song come about? You could tell somebody knows Christian music really well. Yeah. So that's, so I hung across is the song that we, we created for the movie, we're probably going to have a music, the full music video released at the end of this week, most oh, likely awesome. to like tease. Um, that's just like Luke and Tanner aren't even in it. It's just a music video of the song. It's like so many people have commented on the song. And then I think we're going to I think we're going to put the song on Spotify and Apple Music and stuff later, like either next week or the week after. Um, so, yeah, so I hung across. We, so we've got a scene where Luke and Tanner go to church 
And they're basically trying to convince this church to fund their faith-based movie called A Prayer in Space. And we <laughs> thought, title is so ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's insane. Um, there's so many jokes within that one sentence. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, so they, so we were thinking when we're talking about, you know, pre-production, when we're in pre-production for the church scenes of this movie, we thought, well, of course they can go walk into a service and we can, we can pick any worship song that maybe we can get the rights to and have a band up on stage playing and the guys see it and whatever. And then we thought, well, why don't we make this a thing in the movie? Have it be a moment in and of itself. And so Luke's brother-in-law, his name is Ryan Harrison. He's a part of a comedy troupe in Los Angeles called Lost Moon Radio. <laughs> and so we reached out to Ryan and we basically said, look, here's the scene that we're doing. Um, we want a worship song up on stage that at first seems like it could be a real worship song. And then about 45 seconds into it, hit us with something that's like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> and then it turns into something that's borderline inappropriate. That was our, that was our direction. And we sent him, you know, songs from Bethel. We sent him songs from mosaic and we said, look, this is the current modern, like Christian hip sort of culture right now and what their music sounds like. So mm. if you can make this fit in that vibe, we'd love it. And so a week later, he just like recorded uh, three tracks on his, on his phone and sent them to us. All of them were hilarious. And so we picked hung across and then they recorded it. And then we, we shot a full scene of it. Uh, the day that we shot that scene, which is just like now one of my favorite things in the movie. Yeah. It's so good. Um, <laughs> what, well, you were talking about like a lot of these faith-based movies, you know, they'll get some, you said, you you generously said B list celebrity, um, yes, yeah, C or D, but uh, <laughs> but you you actually have some actual you know comedians in this movie that are bigger than any of those C list comedians. How did that come about? Especially like about Jason Alexander, who's hilarious in the movie, and you getting to work with him. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we got so insanely lucky. With this movie, like I said before, our initial idea was literally, you know, let's get you know, as little money as possible together, grab our friends and our phones and go shoot this movie. That was the idea. And then that turned into we're shooting on really expensive red cameras and Jason Alexander shows up and it's like this bigger thing. And Fox <laughs> News is writing about our movie. Um, but we, we ended up getting really lucky. It's, you know, we you know, I, the first person we went to that was on the bigger side in terms of, you know, celebrity in their, in their credits was Lance Reddick. And he, once he came on board, the dominoes kind of started falling from there. Cause like Lance Reddick is a very well-known, very respected actor. And, you know, Luke and Tanner and Vince are like, who are these idiots? Um, but when Lance Reddick is doing the movie, all of a sudden your offer becomes, a little bit more enticing because he's just, he's been in so many yeah. amazing things. So, um, and then, you know, we, we reached out to Margaret Cho. We love, you know, we love her and thought she'd be perfect to be the, the head of Christ flicks. And the funny thing about her was she had seen the Fox news article bashing our movie. So when we <laughs> offered her the movie, 
she was like, I'm in. I already <laughs> heard about this thing, which was crazy. Uh, David Koechner, yeah. who plays Butch Savage. And it's like, man, his credits are, I, I'm such a fan of his. Yeah. Um, same thing. It's just like things start building up and he said yes. And then, yeah. And then Jason Alexander for Nikki Steele was like such a pipe dream in terms of like, this is, this is a character who's in throughout the whole movie, but is kind of this like mythical character that the character Luke ends up getting to meet and has this amazing epic scene towards the end of the movie. And, you know, we had had him on our list of actors and, and, and even our executive producer was looking at the list cause he was at the top. Yeah. Jason Alexander was, and he, you know, he, our executive producer had put perfect next to him, but impossible. There's no way he's going to do this movie. <laughs> and, you know, it was a certain point once we started filming the movie, Krista, my wife and I were rewatching Seinfeld and I was like, man, George Costanza would be a perfect Nikki Steele. We should just try it. And so we found out that, um, we had a connection to his agent and Luke called and said, look, you know, the movie, uh, you know what we're working with. It's not a lot. Do you think this is a waste of time if we try to offer Jason the role? And his agent said, uh, Jason only does what he loves and he reads quickly. So you're not going to waste time. You might as well send it to him. And three days later, we get an email saying he wants to do the movie. Oh, and that awesome. was like how quick that happened. <laughs> it was crazy. And, and I just like, I literally was looking at my phone. I'm like, Jason Alexander is going to do this movie. How is this happening? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he was, he was the nicest person I've ever worked with, especially at that like level of an actor. I yeah. fully expected him to be what, you know, whatever these actors are supposed to be diva or difficult or, you know, just showing up to do the thing. And he wasn't, he was like, he brought his own toupee. He like, he weren't, he like, we had him do a couple yo-yo tricks, which he like was willing to mess around with us. He, I mean, he hung out with us the whole day and he was so generous, so much fun to work with. It was like one of my best days I've ever had on set. It was incredible. Wow. That's awesome. I think people forget too, how versatile he is too, as an actor, because everyone thinks of him as George, but like he's he in the movie itself he's doing multiple versions of, of you know as yeah. a character yeah for sure <laughs> and we you know it's like we didn't want him to just be george costanza yeah. and he's not he's got a couple different things that he's doing and the george comes out a couple times yeah. which i was very happy about because it's such <laughs> an iconic you know once his voice gets to a certain energy level it's it's definitely george costanza which was fantastic um, but yeah, he's just, he's, he's, I mean, he's a Broadway star. He was the biggest name on Seinfeld when Seinfeld started. So yeah. He's a very well-trained yeah. actor. He's, I mean, he's phenomenal. He's just so, so talented. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad he, that he signed on board and, um, you know, I hope I, I really want people to, to go and watch this. Um, we're, let me before we go ahead and and do the plugs for this. I have something that I want to do here, and I'm going to call it um, a segment called "Does the Faith-Based Filmmaker Know Lines from Other Faith-Based Movies?" <laughs> now, oh gosh, <laughs> um, I uh, Lacey compiled these the other day. Uh, 
she had some fun going down the rabbit hole on IMDb finding some lines from faith-based movies. And I'm going to read some of them here and see if you can guess what <laughs> what movie they're from. Um, uh, it's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, The problem was a lot of the, the dialogue sometimes is just not only bad but incredibly boring with some of these where it was like yeah. hard to pull some stuff <laughs> Pull some stuff out. Um, all right. I've got this um, this one line here. Let me pull this here. Okay. This line is, you're cheating on me with Jesus. <laughs> Do you know what movie that's from? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're cheating on me with Jesus? Ugh. Is it easy? Is this? Are these easy? I mean, like... I mean, I've seen these Guesses. titles before, but I don't like these. Seem like major Christian movies, so most of them. Oh, <laughs> you're cheating with me on Jesus! Uh, I don't, I'm gonna have to guess one of the ones I've seen. Fireproof? No, you're close though. This one was A Case for Christ, 2017. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen A Case for Christ. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any. Well, I've seen a couple of these. All right, here's another line: Love is bigger than any tidal wave or fear. There should be a clue in that line. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm trying to think of, is there a surfing faith-based movie? Yep, there is one. If you if you don't know it, you're probably not going to get it then. I don't know. I don't know. This it. one's from Soul Surfer 2011. Soul Surfer. Soul Surfer. <laughs> okay. Helen Hunt's in that, right? I think so. And Carrie Underwood, too, I think. Yeah, okay. Okay, I definitely know that movie. Um, Soul Surfer. Dang it. <laughs> all right, this one, um, I think you're probably going to guess. Um, crap, where is it? I had it right here. Okay. Uh, I'll read the two lines. This is a dialogue between two people. It says, Charles, what are you doing? Someone's been praying in this closet. That's right. That was her prayer closet. How did you know that? It's almost like it's baked in. And then the person responded, <laughs> ma'am, we'll take the house. <laughs> <laughs> War room. War room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there, here's another one, which I don't know. Maybe this is probably a little more mainstream, but uh, this, is, this is a dialogue here. It says, I'm sorry she never got her miracle. And the response is, she did. It was you. Oh. <laughs> Mainstream one. Oh, just because there was a big uh, actress in it, and I feel like it was a big thing, early two thousands. Early two thousands. <laughs> oh man, actress that was a singer. That's not. That's not. Blind, would, blind, would you consider Blindside a faith based movie? I don't. I feel like it's definitely got elements of it, but it's in that category. <laughs> okay. Early 2000s. I don't know. It's from A Walk to Remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, walk. Here, here's another line. Um, I'm bad at this. <laughs> I, know, I know. I just, I just want to read some of these because they're funny. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, this day and age, people seem to forget that the most basic human right of all is the right to know Jesus. God's not dead. Yeah, well, I'll give it to you. It's God's not dead too. 
two. Oh, <laughs> it's the sequel. I haven't seen two. I couldn't get. I couldn't get. I got through the first one. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> these these just get worse and worse. But anyway, I just wanted to see how well you knew your faith based films. Um, they all kind of blend right. together at one point. That's you got bad. a couple. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but you know what? Those lines could all work in each other's yeah, movies. Yeah, that's the that- thing. <laughs> there was one that I was reading a synopsis for that was like, uh, uh, this is these are notes from Lady Scofflaw, as our you know her as Lacey, but our listeners know her as Lady Scofflaw. She wrote, uh, there's lines from it, but I don't think out of context doesn't make much sense. She said, this movie is not a joke. It's for real. I checked. Five adults get stranded at the same dinner type place where Jesus is about to serve them up some life fixing solutions to their various adult problems. And uh, one, of, <laughs> one of the dialogue here is Jesus, would you like some water? Melissa, yeah. Kayla, do you have any coffee? Jesus, I'm sorry. All I serve here is water. Kayla, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Melissa, this tastes great. Jesus, it's my own recipe. Two, mo- two, mo- two molecules of oh. hydrogen and one of, oh, of oxygen. No way. That's a real line in the movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, geez. That is great. I have to, what is this called? This one is called uh, The Encounter 2011. <laughs> it came I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. I've got a list going... We're talking about faith-based. I've we've been introduced to some movies that we haven't seen yet, like Velocipaster. You heard of this one? <laughs> oh no, what's that? Okay, I've got it on my list. It's like some zombie pastor who's like, or or a uh, pastor who's t- or turns turns into a velociraptor, and I don't know the rest of the story, but that's about as much as the trailer gives away. It looks insane, uh, and then there's like assassin. 22 AD or something where a bunch of Muslims go back in time to try and assassinate Jesus. There's another one <laughs> that's like in this, in this like action genre of like faith-based movies. It's crazy. You know, well, you're giving the greatest plug for pure flicks right now, but <laughs> what about your plugs? Where can people watch your movie? <laughs> yeah. So faith-based is available. Uh, anywhere you can rent or buy a movie. So it'll be on all the VOD platforms, iTunes, Amazon, Vudu, Roku, uh, Fandango, all those platforms. Uh, I think you get on DirecTV and Spectrum On Demand, all that stuff. Um, And yeah, it's available there. And then uh, if you happen to be in Japan, we've got a theatrical release in Japan right now, which is really exciting, Uh, (laughs) which is like... Apparently, um, the Japanese are are obsessed with our movie, so wow. we're we're waiting to see how that how that goes, and then yeah, that's that's kind of it for now. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and uh, yeah, keep us posted. Um, we we love to have you on for any of your projects, and uh, Luke too is always welcome to come on. I love his his uh, his tweets. I follow them all along, so. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, I'm a fan of of your podcast, and it's a lot of fun to do this. Thanks, man. I hung a cross to remember you by. It's eight feet tall and six feet wide. To remember the things you said. I hung it over my bed. 
That monstrosity that was your tomb It takes up most of the room I hung a huge cross Because your love's so pure And if it fell when I was sleeping I'd be crushed for sure Gents, it's fall, and you know what that means? You guessed it, pumpkin everything. Now, before you go and start calling me basic, let me tell you about Phoenix Shaving's new fragrance line called Atomic Pumpkin. Now, this isn't your run-of-the-mill seasonal pumpkin pie offering that everybody's doing. This is something a little more sophisticated and alluring. This aftershave and soap line stays within the classic bay rum tradition, but adds a fall spin because Atomic Pumpkin Bay Rum is steeped in classic pumpkin pie spices for up to six weeks before the batch is complete. It's like some, it's like a, like almost like a crazy whiskey or cigar or anything that's aged. I'm running out of, I don't, what else is aged? Uh, only whiskey and cigars, wine, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. The point is, I mean, look at these ingredients. There's West Indian Bay, Moro Blood Orange, allspice, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and elemi resin. I don't know what that is, but it sounds festive. This is some fall masculine magic done right, guys. So if you're wanting to step up your grooming game this fall, maybe impress the lady in your life, make a great impression at work or school, then check out this limited edition line by Phoenix Shaving. Just go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave and a portion of anything you buy with that link goes to help support this podcast. So you get to kill two birds with one stone. You support the show you love and you get to fight off ladies with a stick because you smell so damn good. Is that sexist? I don't know. Maybe. But that's why I'm a scofflaw and a gentleman. All right, so that's gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave and stop being a slave to the drugstore shave. All right, um, that was a, a good time with Vince. Always a good guest. Uh, we'll be glad to have him again and find out what other stuff he's working on. Um, that I'm actually also- really, I'm pumped to see that movie because... Yeah. Uh, Lance Reddick is in it, and uh, I've been watching a lot of John Wick movies lately. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's the uh, he's the Continental uh, like front desk guy. Yeah, who's like very uh, you know he's he's super reliable in that in that yeah. film. He's great. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Also, uh, the one of my I think greatest takeaways from that interview is that um, Jason Alexander has his own toupee. That's 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 kind of. Interesting. I mean, I after, I mean, you're a Seinfeld fan, right? Yeah, of course. I just finished all of it. We've been watching it all during quarantine. I feel like when I saw him in the trailer with that toupee, yeah, I immediately was like, "Oh, George, <laughs> George got his toupee back." <laughs> yeah. But I actually, honestly, the trailer toupee maybe it looks a little better than the one in Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. but it's still, I, I feel like Jason Alexander just can't win in that area of life, you know. He, <laughs> well, he knows uh, he knows it's funny. That's why he he brought his own. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Although I will say, I think I have seen photo, 
I want <laughs> I want badmouth Jason Alexander, but I, I I have seen photos of uh, I, I as a hobby I look up bald celebrities from time to time. And, uh, <laughs> what a I strange see, life like, you have. He and uh, Jude Law, they're like always like uh, he Jude Law and uh, John Travolta are always like on the red carpet, and people are catching them and like like kind of measuring their hairlines and stuff. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, man. I, it's funny because Jason Alexander goes from like he has a little bit of hair back here in some like instances, yeah. but then you look at others and he's just like completely bald. So it's it's uh, it's a subtle game of uh, you know game. convincing people you have hair in Hollywood. You, I guess you know what I think is worse though than uh, going back and forth between the amount of hair you have is the hair dye. Like it yeah. never looks natural. <laughs> Somebody always comes yeah. comes out looking like, oh, geez, you just dyed your hair. I just saw you yesterday. You had you had gray hair. What's the deal? Um, yeah, I'd say I yeah, like it like if it, if it, if you end up like looking like the shoe polished look, it definitely it's like too stark contrast. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can see like the dye around the around the edges of the of the. Oh, hair that's the worst. <laughs> or no, you know what's even the worst? That what's what's doubly the worst is when you have some guy with white hair and he does the tanning cream and you see that like it the orange in the in in his hair (laughs) and you're just like how did you not catch that like how did no one talk to you before leaving the house do you not have anyone that loves you in your life um (laughs) um one thing we got to do is uh plug a little thing that we like to give away every month uh courtesy of our good friend douglas at Phoenix Shaving. Uh, we are giving away a classic uh, CAD aftershave and cologne. Um, New label. Yeah. If you've ever, uh, you know, been to a barber in your life, or maybe you used your grandfather's aftershave at one point, this is kind of a throwback to that old school, traditional, manly barber shop uh, scent. Um, yeah. And it's 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 one of the greatest the greatest aftershaves I've used in terms of actually after shaving even when I, like i still people say oh how do you promote shaving stuff uh, you have a beard i still have to shave my cheeks my my uh my right under my neck which is really hard to do my chest my back my butthole i have to shave everything and uh i make sure that when i do um i use products for phoenix shaving so if you're interested uh please click the link in the show uh, i don't even want to think about you putting that where you just described that sounds that sounds very painful, but I'm sure you'd hair. smell great. But it's a good burn. Um, so you know, <laughs> continue. I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just saying if you want to enter the giveaway, go to Instagram.com uh, slash Jen Scofflock. Click the click the post that features this aftershave, and there's instructions on how to do that. I uh, I was just gonna say I. I have a testimonial, personal testimonial from using Phoenix shaving products, uh, where I, I put some aftershave on before I went to school Yeah, and I went to my lawyering skills class and, uh, afterwards people were talking in the lounge and I, I left to use the restroom and then I came back and this girl turned to me and she said, it's you. And I was like, well, what, like, what are you talking about? And she was like, it, the smell. And I was like, Oh, because <laughs> I let's be honest, I hadn't showered that day, but uh, <laughs> I showered the night before. OK, but uh, no, I, I had splashed some uh, some uh, Hatha on my face and uh, she was like, you smell great. 
And I was like, thank you. It's uh, all due to Phoenix Shaving Club. And, uh, you know, now uh, I'm suing you for sexual harassment. <laughs> Did you at least get her number? I we're we're in class together. If I want to, <laughs> and also there there's no way I'm dating anybody uh, during first semester in law school. <laughs> it's just not happening. No, you have a lot of people that that tell you that, like the one guy who said, "Damn, you smell great." Talking about the pipe tobacco or something. Oh yeah, yeah. And that then was back she's in college. She. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's yeah, like I get, a I, theme yeah, with you. Let, let's let's be honest. I'm very popular. <laughs> very um, popular. No, I, I I do get compliments on occasion. Uh, I guess I've, I I either have good taste or I, you know on, honestly I, I get good I just get good stuff sent to me and yeah. I just you know. Thank you, Douglas. Work. Thank you, Douglas from uh, Phoenix Shaving. Um, also, uh, we have a new merchandise page, and by new, I mean of this year. It's not no longer the old page. Um, we've got a bunch of new designs of T-shirts. We've got uh, some patriotic tees that are kind of cool that have the flag and uh, and one of the new Gentleman's Cough Law logo designs we've been working on, uh, as well as we've got uh, the lawman and uh, I forget the fireman one that we... <laughs> We have a fireman one too version of it. What do hey, we call it? Represent those those firefighters. Yeah, the ladder man. I think we called it. I, I I talked to a friend of mine that's a firefighter, and I said, "Hey, what can we call this T-shirt that would be like that's a tribute to firefighters?" And he gave me some name, and I put it on there, and now I forget what it is. Now I feel terrible. Anyway, <laughs> we've got thin you're, red line, thin blue line, and American flag T-shirts. Also, clearly not a fireman. <laughs> I am wearing. The classic Scofflaw T-shirt, which I don't know if you could see, but it's kind of a, what I like to call kind of a classic bully design. It's just a black monochromatic T-shirt with the white skull logo on it, and it's kind of weathered and vintage looking. Um, so reminds uh, me of old black and white film. Exactly. So if you like that shirt, maybe you're in a motorcycle gang, or maybe uh, you you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I you, you were gonna say, I thought you were going to say maybe you're in a motorcycle accident. No, hopefully <laughs> not. Like, Why would they need that shirt if they're in a motorcycle yeah, accident? Yeah, no, hopefully cover not. Cover up all the scars. <laughs> maybe you're in a punk band from the 80s and you want to wear some sort of, uh, you know, skull T-shirt. Why not make it a Gentleman's Scofflaw T-shirt? Um, go over to Gentleman'sScofflaw.com and click the shop link um, to see all of our new Teespring designs. we got lots of cool stuff on there. Uh, Donovan. You are a gentleman and a scoffle, my friend. As are you. Keep it frosty. Keep it frosty. All right. You guys have a great week. This has been the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ass on the river, we ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do.